Ray Brown's Talking Birds. Made possible by the generous support of the Birdwatchers General Store, Orleans, Cape Cod. Birdwatchersgeneralstore.com. By Vortex Optics. With the VIP warranty, their unlimited lifetime promise to keep you and your optic covered. Learn more at vortexoptics.com. And Beautyo Books, an independent, family-owned bookstore carrying one of the largest selections of birding books in the world. Beautyobooks.com. Good morning. Welcome to our show number 888. Starting off this morning with a little bit of bird science. Gone are the days when we thought that birds were mere automatons, acting robotically and behaving only as dictated by instinct. We know now that birds are smarter than that, and some have complex social lives, sophisticated tool-making abilities, and phenomenal memories. And a new University of Wyoming study adds weight to the notion that birds have... Yeah, personalities. Zebra finches they worked with came up with novel solutions to foraging tasks that were related to personality type. Interestingly, the researchers found that less dominant birds were more likely to solve some of the tasks assigned to them than their more dominant counterparts. Providing support for the necessity drives innovation hypothesis, which suggests that less dominant individuals who get fewer resources may be first to figure out new ways to get food. We've gotten a link to the story up on our website. From our corrections and glaring omissions uh, department, we mentioned uh, last week about a couple of new proud plurters picking up litter while birding and meant to give a little uh, shout to them at the end of last week's show. We kind of ran out of time, but thank you again to Steve Jones in LaRue, Ohio, who says he's been plurting since it before it was a thing. Steve gave us a great audio postcard last week, so thanks again for those things, Steve. And thanks to our friend John Middleton and his friends at Four Rivers Audubon in north-central Florida. John says, yes, our group plurds during every outing. We have a couple of trash grabbers and invite volunteers to carry those and or a trash bag. Thank you so much, John, and friends there at Four Rivers Audubon. We're asking listeners to take the Plurting Pledge and help keep birding trails where you are free of trash, especially the plastic kind. We'll give it an address here in a minute. Got a note from our friend uh, Dr. Jim Randolph in Long Beach, Mississippi. He says, just wanted to share my joy that I got my lifer Aplomato Falcon on Mustang Island, Corpus Christi, Texas. Yesterday, came back today before the heat shimmer and got some better photographs. Sadly, he says, the area 300 yards from their hacking platform was trashed with litter. He said, I wanted to do some plurting while I was there, too, and did so. So good for you, Jim, on all three accounts, spotting that bird, photographing it, and doing that plurting in the process. And before we leave the topic of plurting this morning, one more thing. We'd like to direct your attention to our new plurting map created by our own Freya McGregor that showcases the locations of our current proud plurters. So we're just getting started with this, and we're hoping to soon add many more pins to that map. You can check out the map 
and take the play, uh, the pur- the pledge too. Fortunately, you don't have to say that in order to uh, take it, but you just go to talkingbirds.com slash plurting. It's our mystery bird. It occurs to me that something we just said could be a clue to that uh, lo- uh, to that uh, ID for a mystery bird. This is a preview of our contest. We'll do the actual contest a bit later. Our mystery bird is a medium-sized raptor with long, narrow, pointed wings, a long black tail, a pearl gray head, darker gray body. Our bird is known for its graceful acrobatic flight, and while it usually feeds on insects captured in midair or uh, plucked from treetops, it's also known to forage on the ground and in shallow water for frogs and lizards and snakes and things like that. It's our mystery bird. And uh, we'll do the contest in a bit, getting you ready for it. Beautiful prizes include things for your mind and your tummy this morning, including a $15 gift certificate for Beauty of Books, an independent family-owned bookstore carrying one of the largest selections of birding books in the world, and a month's supply of Mary's Gone Crackers, Super Seed Crackers, four boxes from the largest organic cracker company in the United States. More prizes, too, if we get to our mystery bird bonus question this morning, if we uh, end up having time for that, and we kind of hope that we will. Right now, um, a salute uh, to our latest, or some of our new Talking Birds ambassadors, including Casey Maine from Erie, Pennsylvania. She says, just discovered your show. We'll be listening on my Our Commute to Work weekly, and she asks, is there an archive of older shows? Happy to say that there is, and just go to TalkingBirds.com slash archive for that. Thank you, Casey, and thank you to John Peckham from Williston, Vermont. John says, recently started listening because one of my birder friends, who's probably an ambassador, recommended you. Thank you, John, and thanks for your other kind comments about the show. Talking Birds listeners, we invite you to become a Talking Birds ambassador. Easy to do, and most of our ambassadors tell us it's fun to do as well, and easy to sign up for at the Get Involved tab. That's at TalkingBirds.com. Still to come on our show today, we'll talk with the new U.S. Big Year champion and record holder, Tiffany Kirsten, who identified a staggering number of bird species in her lower 48 Big Year Plus, we'll catch up with Mike O'Connor in a Let's Ask Mike segment about what probably happened to some backyard baby bluebirds. And up next, a bird that would rather be heard than seen is today's featured feathered friend, presented by Birdwatching Magazine. For more than a quarter century, Birdwatching has been North America's premier magazine about wild birds and birding. Well, our friend Trevor Fletcher told us about a rare bird sighting in Thetford, Ontario, Canada, of the marsh sandpiper, native to Central Asia, and never before recorded in Canada. Thank you, Trevor. That brings us to today's featured feathered friend, which is sometimes called the marsh hen, since it's about the size of a chicken and is part of the same galliforms order of birds that includes turkeys, quail, partridges, pheasants, and grouse, and since it's found in marshy habitats. It's the king rail, and as its name might suggest, it's the largest of the rail species. The slender, long-billed king rail has a rust-colored neck, chest, and belly, 
with barred black and white flanks and a brown back. The wings have a chestnut brown patch, visible both while the bird is standing and while it's in flight. The king rail is closely related to the more saltwater-loving clapper rail, and the two sometimes interbreed where fresh and saltwater marshes meet. Unlike some of its relatives, the king rail is active during the day, spending much of its time concealed by dense cover. It's more frequently heard than seen. Here's a sample of some of its vocalizations. The biggest threat to the success of the king rail species is habitat loss, and a serious threat it is. Over the past 50 years, the bird's population has fallen more than 80 percent, as filling and draining of wetlands for development has occurred. The rails are also negatively impacted by the pesticides that leach into their marsh environment. The long-term survival of the species is dependent on protection and restoration of the wetlands that remain. Rallus elegans, the king rail. Today's talking birds featured feathered friend. Welcome again to our show number eight hundred and eighty-eight. I hope that's right. I have one thing here. It says eight eighty-seven, but I'm pretty sure eight eighty-eight is right. It gets complicated when you get into these big numbers here. Well, a big year is a personal challenge or a competition among birders who attempt to identify as many species of birds as possible by sight or sound within a single year and within a specific geographic area. In North America, big years are commonly carried out within a single U.S. state or Canadian province, or within larger areas. Such as the lower 48 contiguous states, and we're focusing on that larger area today. As we welcome the 2021 Big Year winner and new record holder, tallying 726 species, Tiffany Kirsten. Good morning, Tiffany, and congratulations. Good morning, thank you, and thanks for having me on the show. You're welcome. I hadn't planned this, but since we're on Zoom and I can see you, I can see <laughs> behind you a, a, a rack of all these medals. Hanging down.、Uh, I know some are for archery, but、uh, some are also for running. And you actually employed that running skill of yours in a big way in your big year, right? I did. Yes, the last bird, or the the bird that broke the record, not quite the last bird. One from the、okay. last bird was a, a half mile run from the parking lot. You never know. When you're doing a big year, you never know when you might miss a bird by like 30 seconds. So、mm-hmm. literally, every second counts. Wow. Well, that is among the reasons I wouldn't have、uh, caught up with、uh, with that bird, but、uh, you obviously did. So, congratulations on that. So, Tiffany,、uh, a lot of people have a lot of different reasons for undertaking a challenge like a big year because it's a big commitment for sure. What was、uh, going on with you, and what kind of made you decide to do it? Um, it's a long story. I'll try to abbreviate it as、okay. much as possible. <laughs> um, but I um. I lost my job actually in November 2020, and、um, I, I bought a house earlier in the year in 2020、mm. uh, here in South Texas in Mission, Texas, in the Rio Grande Valley.、Um, and I was just trying to make ends meet、um, and pay my mortgage until I found another job somewhere else. So I started bird guiding、um, almost full time, and ended up being pretty much full time. And I guided a big year bird. I guided Charlie Bostwick, who was doing an ABA big year,、mm-hmm. um, and guided him for three or four days. And he said, "Well, you know, you don't." 
I shared my story. You know, you spend enough time with someone, you kind of share a little bit of where you're at in life. And mm-hmm. he was like, well, why don't you just do a big year? I'm like, because I have pretty much no savings and I have mm-hmm. a dog and a house and I need to get a job and you're crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so I, I dismissed it and I continued mm-hmm. guiding. And then I did a trip. I was supposed to see five life birds in Arizona. Um, and so I, I did a week long road trip out there, super, super cost effective in my little car. And I camped and I cooked condensed soup over my cook stove <laughs> and I flushed some scaled quail in West Texas on, um, February 10th. And it just, I don't know, something kind of clicked. I needed mm-hmm. a focus. Um, you know, I was wayward in so many areas of my life, my personal life, my professional life. I just thought, well, right now I'm going to try to see how many species I can see. And I figured I'd have to quit at some point and get a job. <laughs> but you made it all the way through. Um, I don't imagine you had any expectations that you might uh, break the record while doing this. I didn't, no. So um, while I was on that trip, that trip ended up becoming three weeks long. I ended up going to California and then flying actually to northern Minnesota and then flying back to California and driving home. Um, so it ended up being three and a half weeks. By the time I finished that um, trip, I actually had come up with a um, a women's personal safety mission for my big year and a fundraising hmm. uh, idea of of raising funds partially for my travels and partially to purchase um, at a discounted price from the company these personal safety alarms for women called She's Birdie, mm-hmm. um, just little handhold alarms. So when I got back um, from that trip, actually, the first set of alarms were at my doorstep and I started my blog and I started my fundraiser. Wow. And, uh, of course, you have uh, a birding co- a tour company. I'll ask you about that uh, coming up. But I wonder, uh, I think I probably know the answer to this. Were there times during the year when you said, why am I doing this? Right. Oh, many times, many times. <laughs> uh, lots of big year birders, lots of birders who do a big year, like, ha- seem to have always wanted to do that. They just, you know, someday I really want to be in a position to where I can do a big year. And that was never me. It was never one of my di- desires, one of my dreams. Mm-hmm. I just kind of stumbled upon it. Mm-hmm. Well, people often ask, by the way, how, how are these sightings uh, uh, verified? It goes, of course, by sightings and by, by hearing birds. Mm-hmm. But it's kind of based on the idea that birders are honest people, right? It is, yeah. And you, as a birder, you build your reputation over the years. You know, there's people known as, uh, they're called stringers. Um, people who who either accidentally misidentify birds as something more rare or mm-hmm. intentionally make up um, that they've seen something more rare. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's important as a birder to you know to be really careful about your sightings and what you're uh, identifying. And um, yeah, it's it's all in the honor system. So there's no real formal mm-hmm. method of reporting. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there were many many challenges in in, do, in doing this. Can you isolate one or two that were like maybe the biggest challenges you faced? Uh, spending time alone in mm. such really remote areas. Um, it's probably too much to get into um, in a 10-minute conversation, but um, I did blog, actually, if people want to read further. It's Tiffany Kirsten at blogspot.com. Lots of my stories about um, spending time alone in really remote areas and um, times where I felt afraid and times where I felt that I was in danger. Um, I'm very fortunate that nothing Nothing really traumatic or tragic ever happened to me during my big year. Nice to know. Well, you <laughs> broke the record. Uh, how did you feel when it was over? The record was broken. And nice cover story, by the way, on Texas Monthly Magazine. <laughs> Thank you. Um, 
It's a, uh, well, it was, so I broke, I broke the record with Fat Falcon on December 18th. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I decided I needed to continue to try to pad my record. Um, so I ended up getting, going to um, New Jersey for Northern Lapwing. Mm-hmm. And I got that on December 23rd. And then, and actually, I never missed a bird by plane until after I broke the record. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, I wanted to pad the record so that hopefully no one could break it um, anytime soon. And I flew to California and I spent Christmas by myself looking for common crane um, in kind of central California and missed it. And then I came home and was waiting. I was about to go to Cape Hatteras, North Carolina for a pelagic at the very last, uh, it was supposed to be December 29th actually. Mm -hmm. Um, And it got postponed due to weather to December 30th and then got postponed to December 31st. Um, So I ended up spending a few days. The fortunate thing about COVID, kind of a COVID silver lining is that you could just cancel your plane tickets for credit. Mm -hmm. And so as the the, um, boat trip was getting moved back, I would push my plane ticket back the next day, but I couldn't go anywhere because I needed to make sure that I was situated in time um, to be there the night before the boat uh, in trying for Great Skua. Mm. And we didn't get Great Skua at the end of the year. So honestly, the very, very end of the year was like kind of kind of disappointing. <laughs> and I was so tired that halfway through the boat trip, there were hardly any birds to look at at all on the water. Mm-hmm. Halfway through the boat trip, I was like falling asleep. And I was like, we can just be, we, if the boat just turned around right now, we could be done and I'd be mm-hmm. okay, even if it meant not seeing Great Skua when there was a great skill out there somewhere. <laughs> I won't ask you right now if you will do this again. You might want to be thinking, maybe you're thinking about that, but we're so close to being out of time here. I want to just quickly ask you about your birding tour company, Nature Ninja Birding Tours, and uh, you have something really kind of cool, too, with the birding retreats for women. Can you give us a real quick summary? Yeah. So I um, in the fall, when I just still couldn't get a job, couldn't get a job, you know, it was COVID, so it was really difficult. Um, I decided that now was the time for me to try my hand at starting my own guiding company. Um, so I founded on January 1st, Nature Ninja Birding Tours, and I do um, custom uh, individual and small group trips, mostly here in the Rio Grande Valley. And then I also just started offering uh, women's women's birding retreats. So they're all inclusive retreats, um, very, very small group, five people, five to six people. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's available as a custom program too for, for, for groups for women or for like co-ed groups. All right. What's the best way for people to find out, uh, connect, you, connect with you, Tiffany? Um, they can go to my website. It's tiffanykirsten.blogspot.com. That'll actually take you directly to my blog, but there's another link um, on there, another tab to my guiding information. All right. Tiffany Kirsten, the new lower 48 contiguous states, big year record holder. Thank you, Chris, uh, Tiffany, and congratulations again. Coming up next, it's Thank our, you. <laughs> you're welcome. Our mystery bird contest in just one minute. The flutter of a tail feather, the flash of a wing bar in mid-flight. You don't always have a lot of time to identify a bird in nature, let alone to appreciate its beauty. But with Vortex Optics, you'll have the power to bring every wild moment closer. When you choose Vortex, you're choosing to have a partner in the field as passionate about nature as you are. Whether you're spotting old friends on the backyard feeder or packing for a once-in-a-lifetime trip to add a few species to your life list, Vortex offers a full range of optics and optics accessories for every birder and every budget. 
And whether the birds are taking you to another state or another country, you're always covered by the Vortex VIP warranty, an unlimited lifetime promise to keep you and your optic covered. If you'd like to learn more, or if you need help choosing your next optic, give Vortex a call at 1-800-4-VORTEX or visit vortexoptics.com. There's the sound of our mystery bird. This is the contest at stake, a beautiful $15 gift certificate for Beautio Books, home of one of the largest selections of birding books in the world. In a month's supply of delicious, nutritious Mary's Gone Crackers, supersede crackers and maybe a bonus prize from our friends at wisdom supply if we have time here are the clues our mystery bird is a medium-sized raptor with long narrow pointed wings a long black tail a pearl gray head and a darker gray body our bird is known for its graceful acrobatic flight and while it usually feeds on insects captured in mid-air or plucked from treetops It's also known to forage on the ground and in shallow water for frogs and lizards and snakes. Here in North America in summer, our bird is found mostly in the southern states, from Florida to Texas and up into Kansas, but occasionally is spotted farther north. Tell us what you think it is or give us the definitive answer. In either case, you could win our contest prizes. A drawing will determine our winner if we don't get a correct answer. 781-837-4900 is the number to call at 781-837-4900. We pretty much always run out of time and have folks calling as the show ends, so don't let that happen to you. Give us a call as soon as you can. 781-837-4900 is the number. And next, it's Let's uh, Let's Ask Mike, almost live from the archive in just one minute. Beautio Books carries one of the largest selections of birding books in the world, New, used, and rare books covering everything from backyard birding to general ornithology, from field guides to photography skills, biography, fiction, and humor. You'll find it all along with the knowledgeable customer service you've been looking for in one convenient place. Beautyobooks.com. B-U-T-E-O. Beautyobooks.com. My name is Cheryl Black, and I'm calling from Fort Myers, Florida. I encourage anybody and everybody to become a Talking Birds ambassador because it gives you a chance to meet and greet other people who are interested in the same thing that you're interested in. And it also allows you to spread the word about the beauty and the joy and the importance of birds to everyone you meet. Talking Birds listeners, we hope you'll join our ambassadors family. Just visit our website, TalkingBirds.com. Join today and thanks. Mike O'Connor is down there at the famous Birdwatchers General Store, Orleans, Cape Cod, where, uh, well, something not so uh, great happened recently, as uh, we heard from one of the uh, one of the Birdwatchers General Store's customers, or something like that. Uh, good morning, Mike. <laughs> well, well rehearsed, as always. Thank That's you. Perfect. That was pretty smooth. <laughs> yeah, we got, I, 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 one called me up from the nearby town of um, Brewster. And uh, or, or Brewster, as we're inclined to say, Brewster Mass. Brewster, <laughs> and she she had a, a nest of bluebirds in her box, like a lot of people do, and she was watching them and enjoying the, the parents coming and going and stuff. Mm. And then she noticed that the parents seemed a little bit stressed, and she looked out, and the baby birds, who were just a, a couple of days old, were on the ground below, dead. Mm. And you know, so she 
called me up, wanted to know what what could have been the possible reason. And, you know, I told him baby birds are high on everybody's diet, right? A, a lot of things eat baby birds. I know we have a lot of vested interest when there's a nest in our yard. We get upset, and rightly so, when something happens to them. But all creatures love baby birds. That's why everybody breeds in the spring because there's a lot of food available. And... Um, Red squirrels, chipmunks, snakes, crackles, mice, starlings, they all try to grab baby birds. But these birds, and usually when something goes on, especially in a nesting cavity, there's an indi- indication what happened. Raccoons and cats are the, the worst. They'll reach into a box, and they pull the nesting material out, and they grab the contents. But in this case, neither thing that would indicate it was a predator were found. The, the nest was fine. It hadn't been disturbed at all, so it wasn't a cat or a raccoon. The birds were dead, but they weren't eaten, so there goes the whole the list of predators that I was just talking about. These things want, you know, creatures wanted to eat other baby birds. So I talked to the woman a little bit, and decide, I, I asked her, I said, you know, one of the, every one of people's most favorite birds, a little notorious house run, full of energy, brightens up the backyard, but they have a nasty habit of not liking their neighbors. They don't like company. If there's a nest box, they'll fill it up with sticks. If the nest has been started, they'll they'll actually steal the nest and take everything out. If there's eggs, they'll pierce the eggs. And occasionally, if they're too late and the birds have already hatched, they'll just remove the birds. Mm. They'll take the baby birds out and toss them on the ground, which seems uh, really kind of productive because they're not really eating them. They're not really benefiting from them. But uh, house runs are notorious for doing that. And when I mentioned that to the lady, she goes, oh, my gosh, damn, we got house runs around the corner. So that's likely the, the, the reason for that. What you can do is not much or keep, you know, try to have more boxes set up. Um, oh, I know. We got to go. All no, right. No, no, go ahead. Finish, your, finish the thought there. <laughs> more boxes. Yeah. So you have other boxes. And uh, keep them away from brush piles that, that, wren, that wrens like. And I, we talked about this off the air. There's a wonderful website called, what's that name? The, the bluebird name? S-I-L. Yeah. Cialia? Cialis. It's org. It seems like individuals put up, but it's full of information about bluebirds and what are the problems can arise and some answers. So if you could punch up this website, Cialis, dot org, That would help. That would help that lady and help a lot of people have bluebird questions. There really, there's no ads, there's nothing. There's just a lot of good information, so I'm going to punch that up. And I'm going to give some dirty looks to those house wrens out in the garden <laughs> back here, too. Come <laughs> back, right. Thank you, Mike. All right, everybody stay safe, and uh, we'll, we'll talk to you in a week or so. Every Wednesday, Birdwatching Magazine sends an e-newsletter full of information of interest to birdwatchers, including recent news stories about birds, conservation, and science, photography tips, stories about places to go birding, bird ID tips, and much more. Best of all, the newsletter is free. Sign up today at birdwatchingdaily.com slash newsletter. All right, I think we're about to wrap up this mystery bird contest. Uh, let's see. 781-837-4900 is the number. And Karen is in Key West, Florida. Good morning, Karen. Good morning. Nice How are you? Um, well, nice nice to hear from you from beautiful Key West. I've been thinking about Key West a lot lately because I've been reading Ernest Hemingway short stories. 
And he's like extra oh, famous, yeah. isn't he, down there in Key West, for sure. Yeah, his house is beautiful here. You know about the six-toed cats, right? I, I don't. The, the witch? Six-toed cats. So there's a bunch of cats in his oh, house yes. with six toes. I have heard about that now that you now <laughs> that you mention it, yes. So, uh, Karen, on our mystery bird uh, situation there, what do you say? Yeah, I think it's the Mississippi kite. Mississippi kite. Yeah, that sounds pretty good to me. Mississippi kite is right. Absolutely correct. I think we have time for a mystery bird bonus question if we're quick. Do you want to try it? Yeah, let's try it. A few dozen U.S. cities have their own official birds. Madison, Wisconsin is one of those. What is their official bird? Is it A, the white pelican, B, the black-capped chickadee, C, the American robin, or D, the plastic flamingo? It's one of those. (laughs) What do you think? The chickadee, maybe? The black-capped chickadee sounds like a reasonable uh, guess, but I, this is a this was kind of a trick question trick because question. it's it's the plastic flamingo. There's a whole story about that. It involves toga parties and other crazy stuff, but that's actually the true story. The American robin is their state bird, but yeah, plastic sure. flamingo—that's the one <laughs> in uh, in Madison. Karen, stay on the line, and we'll get all your info. Sounds good. Thank you so much. Thank you. And thanks, everybody, for being with us. Our show is completed for today. We'll get to work on the next one. Thanks for being with us. See you next week. Ray Brown's Talking Birds. Made possible by the generous support of the Birdwatchers General Store, Orleans, Cape Cod. Birdwatchersgeneralstore.com. By Vortex Optics. With the VIP warranty. Their unlimited lifetime promise to keep you and your optic covered. Learn more at vortexoptics.com. And Beautio Books, an independent, family-owned bookstore carrying one of the largest selections of birding books in the world. Beautiobooks.com.